Are you ready to bridge the gap in our current healthcare system and really help people that struggle with flexibility, mobility, and weakness? Hi, I'm Kim Narker, and welcome to Rehab to Wellness Boss Podcast, a business owner successful startup podcast where I help you start, build, and grow your wellness business. Join me as I reveal real secrets to helping rehab professionals build a successful, proven wellness program that keeps their community away from reactive care. Welcome back to Rehab to Wellness Boss Podcast. And today we've got a special guest and we're going to be talking about the elusive branding. Most of us don't know what that is. So please, I want to introduce Stephanie Pinsley. She is a personal branding coach. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. I'm so excited to dive into all things branding. We were talking a little bit before we jumped on and I think we're going to get into some really juicy value that you guys will really benefit from. I think so too. And I think, you know, in our healthcare world, we really don't know a whole lot about business. So this, I think, is going to be a great topic and hopefully we'll get a lot of listeners, give them a lot of nuggets today through the show. So we're just going to dive right in. Great. Great. We're going to start very basic, everybody. What is branding? So branding, if I heard a definition, I think this was Scott Cook's definition. And he said, branding is no longer what we tell ourselves it is. It's what other people say about your brand or your business. How do people perceive you? What is the vibe that comes off? And branding isn't just your logo or your name. Branding is both the, you know, the tangible and the intangible emotional aspects that come with your brand. So how does your brand make someone feel? What are the emotions that it evokes? All of that really goes into branding, but I think the key is it's how other people perceive you. So you have to be very intentional about what, how you're building your brand, who you're building it for, so that you're really, you know, wiring your brand the way you would want it to be. And it's coming off as, you know, with intention. Absolutely. So why is branding your business important? Why is branding your business important? So I think there's so many different reasons and I'll, I'll touch on a few. The first is that when you brand your business, you're creating consistency in terms of your visual identity, as well as your verbal, your words, right? The messaging that you're sending across. So consistency is huge because when you have a consistent visual identity, a consistent voice and message, this is going to build trust with your audience. When you don't have, when you have inconsistent visuals and colors, and there's not really a thread, you know, throughout what you're doing, this creates this feeling of not only a lack of awareness, but also a lack of trust and likability because our brain is actually wired to like the things that we are exposed to more. It's called the mere exposure effect. The more our brains see something, the more we like it, which is why people will stay loyal to brands simply because they know it the best and they've known it the longest. So consistency helps build that awareness, that likability, that trust, and makes your brand feel more professional and just safe for them to interact with you because When they see that consistency, that equals, okay, this is professional, which equals, okay, I can trust this person with my care. So that's one part. The other is branding is a great way to differentiate yourself from your competitors. 
when you have a clear but distinct brand identity, you're able to kind of stand out from everyone else that's in your niche or your industry and really position yourself in a unique way so that you know your ideal clients or customers can understand why you are the best choice for them versus someone else. So really, I think the biggest two things I would say are that consistency, telling a consistent story, but also helping you to differentiate yourself from competitors. And I think the other last thing I'll add is branding is also about what is your core message? What's your brand purpose, your values? What is the sort of voice of your brand? What is the story that you want to tell? And again, this goes back to consistency. When you have a consistent story and message, this will help build that trust and like ability with your audience, which will make sales a lot easier and it will help you grow a lot faster. And guys, when she's talking about this, this is what is your presence outside of your area so that when they come into your business via phone call, a lead or whatever, they've already got a perceived value around who you are and what you provide. So that message on the outside needs to be very, very clear. Yes. And I think you mentioned a good point, which is there are so many different touch points at which you're going to be reaching your clients. Some of them are online. Some of them are in, you know, your local area. Some is on your website. So every touch point should have a thread throughout. That's your brand identity, that consistent brand. So because you're interacting with them at all these different points, you want to make sure that you have a solid strategy that allows you to build in that consistency. That is awesome. What great information, guys. I hope you're writing this down because she, <laughs> Stephanie's just hitting, she's giving you some good nuggets. I'm going to jump into like some situations that are occurring in our healthcare field right now related to PT, OT, and athletic training. And one of the biggest things is that due to revenue streams being down because of poor insurance reimbursement, a lot of these practices have businesses that the profit margin is so narrow right now that Mm -hmm. they're struggling. So they want to add another service to be able to bring in a cash-based revenue, which is really a totally different business. So the, the systems are different. The wording and everything is different. But I, what I constantly hear from these practice owners is, hey, I want to have, for example, I want to be able to offer my clients stretching services, but I don't want to rebrand or anything like that. What would you say to that, that business? Well, it depends on what your existing brand is. And if you can fold it within that brand. I'm not familiar enough with, you know, the existing models to say whether it's close enough or not, but let's say that it's a very, the brands are, or what you did previously is very. And and they don't want to get rid of, so they would have PT services. They just want to have another service to bring in other revenue. So the PT Mm -hmm. service is going to take an insurance card as payment. Okay, so the insur- they're going to turn their card in. The insurance company is going to pay them. And that model is all around what the insurance company will pay. Now yeah. they want a service that hopefully that will take the client that's not paying and they're paying a copay mm-hmm. into a stretching service that is now 100% cash based. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an interesting question. And I think one thing that I would, last question I have before I answer is, are 
they getting these clients, like where are they getting the majority of these clients from their, for both of their existing and new offers? Are they all coming from the same place or is it multiple? So what I found in my practice is there's actually three avenues. One avenue is a graduated PT client that goes into a wellness program, which is a post PT client. Okay. Mm -hmm. Another one is a mainstream client that comes in that would have never entered their door ever because that person was not looking for PT, but because they have stretching services, they want that service and that service, that person may not be well enough to get stretching. So they may have to be referred over to the PT side because the consumer thinks they want stretching, but Mm -hmm. the therapist says no stretching, you're not ready for it. And then the other one is just direct consumer walking in for stretching services that never will go into the PT side unless they've had an injury because they built a relationship and it's in the same building. Yes. So I think this is where building a personal brand is so important, especially if you're trying to grow clients for, you know, others sort of like the wellness program, or even if you're doing a digital product like coaching, I know some, even though it's a little bit, you know, harder with PT, you can do some virtual stuff. But anyways, I think you really do need to think about, I wouldn't necessarily recommend you build a brand around the new service you're offering because of how you're going to grow and you're going to want to bring this in and you're going to expand. Instead, what I would do is build your personal brand as a PT person that also offers this new thing so that you're creating the umbrella that will then allow you to launch this new service off of. But then maybe in the future, you want to do a digital course. It's all within the same brand. But by building your personal brand for you as the PT, as the the trainer, now it's easier to bring in some of these other things because you're saying, this is the broad strategy. Here's the the general theme of what I'm doing. And actually, this brings me to another question is, are a lot of these add-on services that they're thinking about, could they fit under, I'm assuming, yes, a similar theme to some of the other more traditional services that they offer, but it's just a different, or I guess I'll say, I'll leave it It's just a cash base. It's just a, so an insurance-based clinic is going to, their customer is going to assume that all of the services that they provide are through their, their insurance will cover. Mm. The stretching services are not a covered service. They're always going to be a hundred percent cash service. Yeah. So then, yeah, you need to build a brand around that and it doesn't need to be some very extensive thing. I think it's just about what is your core message? How do you want to communicate this value to your customers, your ideal clients? But first, actually, if I were to give you sort of like a series of steps of how to actually approach this branding, I would say, who is your ideal client? Build an ideal client avatar, you know, do a lot of research on them, figure out what are their main pain points? So what are their challenges, their fears, their struggles, their limiting beliefs, their frustrations? You know, what, how do they feel in, in now? And then what are their pleasure points? This is their goals, their dreams, their desired outcomes, their values, how they want to feel. Get a really good picture of who that person is then you can build your brand identity based on that person. So we want to build a brand that will speak to our ideal client because without a strategy, it's not going to resonate because different colors evoke different emotions. Same thing with fonts, same thing with imagery. So all of it needs to kind of play together to speak to this customer. But I think getting a clear sense of who that is and then how you can build a brand identity, figuring out both the voice and the visuals that will speak to this person really is sort of a prerequisite that I would recommend before 
um, or at least after, during you launch your new service or cash-based offer? Yeah, because what happens is, again, this customer that comes in probably would never have come into the PT clinic unless they went in for a surgery. They went in, you know, for a, um, a hip replacement or they tore something um, and they're preparing themselves before going to surgery. So the stretching client is a totally different. This person is a person who they may have some pain. They may have tightness, but they don't, they will not um, need a physical therapist, nor will a physical therapist know or need to see them because they've not been injured. There's no injury present. Do you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So the, the avatar is a totally different avatar. Yes. And I think when you're, when you're building a brand around this new avatar, this new offer, then you can start to attract clients from a totally different realm that aren't just, you know, past or, you know, wherever the, you may, you mainly get clients. That's where you start to build your presence on social media. You add real value as it relates to this current offer so that you can start to grow that credibility, that thought leadership and add value, because that's really the key to bringing something new to market is how can you provide some sort of real value information to help solve your ideal client's problems to some degree. You don't want to solve it completely, obviously, because then you've kind of eliminated your need to come in, but creating valuable content that's going to help, that's going to relate back to our pains and pleasures research. What questions can we answer related to this? How can I help them achieve a goal related to this? How can I help them avoid a pain or circumvent a challenge? All of those things I think are really important and all very much related to your brand and your brand identity. So it's not as quick as, hey, I'm going to add a service. Yeah, I think we would all love that. It's definitely, <laughs> it's tempting. And I've done this before. I've launched something without really cons- like, you know, thinking about, you know, what's the launch strategy. But I think if you want it to be successful, it definitely is something that you, you want to give some forethought and, and strategy to both your brand identity and your content and social strategy. Mm-hmm which is huge. They're both different things. And, and you can mix it in because we have in our platform, but we've had to, there's also a difference in it. You know, we speak to two different avatars easily. Um, They just, they come into the same clinic, but they still receive um, a different, there's a different message around each of them. Yeah. So yeah, Mm -hmm. if if it's that different then I would say you definitely should have, um, you should build a brand around that. Although again, I would caution against building a brand, a new brand for each new offer. That's why it's better to really think about what's the umbrella brand, which is most likely you as a person. And then how can I sort of build this new offer into this personal brand umbrella? Exactly. So now let's talk about maybe a person that is going out on their own. They don't, they're a solo entrepreneur and they're going from the clinical space and they're thinking, you know what? I want to be my own boss. I want to start my own business, which guys, it's it's totally doable. It is a lot of work and Hmm. branding isn't the only key thing for it. There's so many other aspects, but let's speak to that consumer who, where do they need to start? Yeah. So it's funny because actually a few of my clients for my group coaching program in one cohort were both PTs. One was pelvic floor. The other was more of traditional needed strength and conditioning. So this was very much what we worked on with them. But really, it's a similar starting point, which is, again, I think first figuring out what's my niche? Who is my ideal client? What is the problem I'm solving for them? I like to think of the niche as who you help and how you help them. So like a mass market is skincare. 
A niche market would be sensitive skincare for women over 50. So I know exactly who I'm targeting and how I'm helping them. So you figure out what's my niche. Then you know who's my ideal client. You do all the research to get a really robust understanding of who this person is. And then you start to build your brand identity around this person. You figure out what's my brand style. So I typically really just focus on what's your brand color palette, your typography, and your imagery. I don't even do logo because I think a logo is not always necessary. You can, but it's not the end all be all by any means. So figure out your brand style. And then what is your brand foundation? So this is what's your brand purpose, which is what's your why? What's your reason for being? You know, why, who, what's the transformation you deliver? What are your brand values? So this is what do you stand for? What's the experience you want to create for your customers when they interact with you and your brand? And then the final thing in the brand foundation is your brand personality. So how do people, how do you want people to perceive you? Is it funny? Is it silly? Is it serious? Whatever. So those are the two big elements of your brand identity, your brand style and your brand foundation. Then you start to build your messaging. Then you go into your, this is the framework that I do with my clients. Next, we build your social media strategy. So what are the two biggest platforms that we want to be on where your ideal client is spending most of their time? Because we don't want to be somewhere that they're not, or else we're wasting a lot of time and energy. And then building a strategy, a social media strategy, and a content marketing strategy targeted to those people. Again, all very much based on this ideal client, their pains and pleasures. That's how you grow. That's how you speak to those people. Because when you gain that intimate, intimate understanding of them, then you can really create content that deeply resonates with them. And when you have deep resonance with someone, that triggers an emotional response in them. And the emotion is what drives action, aka follow or buy. So you need that emotional response. And to do that, you have to do the research. So it's, you know, build your social media strategy, build your content marketing strategy, which I could go into a lot more in depth on both of those things, obviously. And then I would also recommend you start building your email list if you don't have one already. An email list is, I think Jeff Walker said it's like a license to print money. He's the author of the book Launch. But basically, if you have an email list, you're able to reach your customers, your potential clients and leads much more directly. And it's way easier to convert someone on your email list to a buyer as it is on social media. So to build your email list, you just start with building a free opt-in, a lead magnet. This is basically, you know, if you're solving a pain point of theirs or you're helping them achieve a goal in one piece of content that's free. They give you your email, they give you their, their phone number, and then you send them the content and now they're on your email list. Now you can nurture them. You can send them valuable content. You can deliver offers, et cetera. But I think that's the very summarized version of how I would recommend going about starting. Yeah. And you're exactly right. And that guys, another way to do that, if you're not going to do it through social, if you're a new entrepreneur is just host an event or something where you're providing free stretching and in exchange for that free stretch, don't just do the stretch. They need to give you an email address and they need to, then you can give them the stretch and then you can start saving those events with those email addresses and start putting them in a system so that you can nurture them. Yeah. And I think you can even avoid social altogether. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but if you have a solid email strategy and you're you're using launch events and webinars and free services, you can really go far with just that in an email list. You really don't need to be on social. I don't necessarily teach just email, but there is definitely a lot of value in it for those that are interested in pursuing that avenue. 
Well, it's definitely a free way to do it. But I think when we talk about branding and getting yourself out there before you go into paid stuff, you really, really, really need to understand your avatar, your message mm-hmm. and all of that. Yep. So important. So important. So let's we're going to talk now to like stretch mobility coaches. So I have an affiliate and I have stretch mobility coaches around the U.S., And we give them branding guidelines, you know, colors and, you know, you can use these five colors together or you can use these five. And these are the ones that are recognized that you can use for your stuff. We also give our stretch mobility coaches with our program, they get their website, they get their Facebook page, they already get like copywritten material in there that's converting, that is already geared towards their avatar because Mm -hmm. we've already done the research that you've talked about on that. But what would you tell these clients when we've given them branded stuff and they start picking these outside colors to make digital copy? You know, they're trying to say, hey, I've got a class coming or I've got, you know, this coming and you see a pink come in and it's very clear there's no pink on the branding, you know, (laughs) colors or the font isn't used. Is that a big deal or is it a no big deal? It's definitely a big deal to some degree. I mean, obviously there are bigger deals, but it's important. And this is why if you use Canva, which most people do, and if you use Canva Pro, which is, I tell my clients, if you're going to invest in one thing in this program to build your personal brand, it's Canva Pro. Yep. So many reasons for that. But the one reason which I love Canva Pro for this is you can put your style guide into their brand kit. So you already have all your colors in there and your fonts. So you go on to a, you start, you know, editing a template in Canva and then you just click like style or one, one button and it immediately applies your colors and your fonts. And then you can shuffle it and try different colors in different, you know, spaces. So it's very easy to do. So definitely do it. And especially if you're, you know, representing an existing brand, use the brand equity that's been built already. Because when you're straying from that, now you're discarding all the value that this brand has already been building up and acquiring. Because again, it goes back to this mere exposure effect. You've already done all the work to build this awareness and the likability based on, you know, again, the voice and the visuals. So by straying from that, you're actually not able to get a lot of the value that you've done all this work and your other affiliates have done and spent so much time in, which is why when a big company rebrands like a Google or Facebook or really any big company, it's a very big decision because they realize that they've invested so much time. They've gotten a lot of mind share in their customers, you know, minds. So by changing colors and fonts and logos, names, you're losing all that awareness and like building, you're starting from scratch. And it's a long road when you start from scratch. It is. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So stay within your brand guidelines, folks. (laughs) Very important because we have, I mean, I've got, I've got nine years in business now. So I know my target. I know someone who's not my target and getting into a program that already provides that for you. That's just one thing that you don't have to do. I mean, go do something else, treat a customer, get a customer. Exactly. You're just like, come on, guys. I love it. (laughs) Awesome. So um, what other tidbits can you give um, for I guess anyone thinking about going into business for themselves. Okay. Well, I think this really, I mean, I could talk about so many things, but I mean, actually, let me ask you first, before I just pick something, what would be most valuable for your listeners? Is it talking about social? Is it content? Is it 
my expertise are marketing and branding. So what do you think would be the most valuable? And then I can sort of give you some nuggets in that little arena. Yeah, let me let me niche it down for you. <laughs> so let's say you, let's see, what's the biggest, I think that's going to help people the most, all of our listeners. Content is a huge thing, but again, A lot of new entrepreneurs jump right into paid ads, which there's a lower conversion from paid ads. If you spend your time creating content and creating your brand colors, it takes a lot of time. It takes dedication and it's not an overnight thing, but that person's going to 90% of the time show up, arrive, stay and pay with your brand. So let's talk about a good way to create content and social media presence. So first touch on what you had mentioned about paid ads. I really recommend not doing that where you just do paid ads. I think I, I made a video about this push versus pull marketing. Paid ads is push marketing. It's great in the short term, but it's really, it's not very cost effective and it's very difficult, especially if you have no prior brand recognition or credibility with this person. Pull marketing is really what I teach, which is how can I, content marketing is only one part of pull marketing, but it's a great way to kind of illustrate what pull marketing means. It's about what can I create? What's going to naturally pull my ideal clients to me. And the reason you want to focus on pull marketing and content marketing is because it's much more sustainable in the long term. This is how you build those valuable long-term relationships and that trust and that credibility because people are done with the sleazy salesman, the cold calls, they don't respond well to that. It's really now about relationship-based marketing. And the way you can build those relationships and that trust is by creating this thought leadership content. So the way I would start, if I were to sort of, you know, give advice to, you know, like a solopreneur who's starting to build their personal brand and wants to start creating content and, you know, grow a social presence so they can grow their personal brand, grow their reach, is first, again, we know we want to start with figuring out our niche, ideal client, pains and pleasures research brand identity. But now once you've got that, I think it's important to think about first, what is your very foundational content strategy? So this looks like first, what are your content pillars? Content pillars are really just what are the main themes that your content will fall into that you're going to talk about regularly? So for me, my content pillars are marketing, branding, mindset, and success principles. All of my content is falling within these pillars. There's a lot of benefits to this because number one, when you're talking about the same areas consistently, you're growing your expertise in those areas. You don't want to be a generalist. You want to be more of a specialist that's known for a few things, but also... This makes content creation a lot easier because let's say you have, okay, I have my marketing pillar, I have my branding pillar, mindset, let's start with those three. You can now use these to come up with all sorts of different content ideas. And I'll get into ways to research because I think that's a great little valuable nugget. But figuring out your content pillars is really just about looking at the intersection between what do you want to be known for? What do you have expertise in? And what does your ideal client need help with? What are they interested in? What is their, what are the goals they're trying to achieve? Brain dump both of those. Find the intersection and then look for those common themes. You want to pick about three to five pillars and you want to keep them very broad. Like mine, again, marketing, branding, mindset. Those are very broad. Huge. But that gives me a lot of flexibility to talk about a lot of different content because that's the whole point. You need this. This is the long game, right? This is not the overnight, you know, get rich quick, get a lot of clients quick. This is the long game, but it's worth doing. So I think one of the things that will be probably valuable to 
your listeners is how can you come up with content ideas? What is the, the what are some of the different ways? And so we know that we have these pains and pleasures that we've done all the research on. You know, we know exactly what our clients are struggling with and what well, actually, let's talk about how to do some of that research as well, because this is very related to how to come up with content ideas. It is. It is. So I think one of the best ways to do this research is going on things like Reddit, joining Facebook groups, going on YouTube, but basically looking for, let's say we're on Reddit. We want to find threads that are about your particular niche. So let's say you are targeting moms who are, you know, moms in mobility, trying to help moms get more mobility. If you can simply go into Reddit and type in moms, mom mobility, or like mom back pain, or whatever the keywords are related to your niche, this is going to bring a wealth of information and really rich insights because people are sharing these very vulnerable personal stories and then you can see what are the comments. So people are going to share very, you know, they're going to share anecdotes. You know, how does this show up in their life? How is this creating problems? What's going through their mind? What are some of the beliefs that they have about all of this? This is the most valuable stuff that's going to help you build out this pains and pleasures research. You can also do this by joining Facebook groups. Similar thing. Let's type in some keywords related to your niche. Join a few Facebook groups, listen and, you know, stay alert for things like, you know, I wish I could. Does someone know anyone who? But also, again, looking for the pains and pleasures within that. I also mentioned YouTube. So if you can find a YouTube video about your niche. So as an example, I was helping a client yesterday who is targeting millennial, sort of like twenty late 20s to early 30s women. And she's helping them with, you know, things like uh, fitness and mindset. And so I literally just went on YouTube and typed in, you know, like turning 30. And I found a vlog about this girl sharing all of the challenges that come up with turning 30. What does, you know, what are the beliefs she has? What are the challenges? What is she really trying to achieve? I'm ge- again, I'm getting into her mind here. And so this is also going to bring in more comments. People are going to say, wow, this really resonated with me. Boom. Take note of that. Which comments have the most likes? That means that resonates with a big group of people. So many ways to do this research. Those are just a few, but now it's okay. you have this rich insight. It's so it's, you know, let's say you found out that the main pain points for your clients are, you know, I can't stand up from my desk super easily after a long day. I'm really stiff. So maybe you now create content or, you know, a post that's, you know, three stretches to do at the beginning of the day to help you, you know, with the late back pain. I'm not, I'm, I'm not super well versed. <laughs> But it's really about how can I create content that's answering, again, a pain or a pleasure. And there are so many ways to kind of expand this because by applying different angles to different topics, you can come up with a ton of different ideas. But I'll stop there so that I'm not just (laughs) rambling on. But I think those are great. You hit the nail on the head. The only thing I would add to that is we get in such we're so good clinically. Mm -hmm. So we get into this. I can provide information that I give in my clinic. And you don't want to do that. You want to give them the what. You want to give them the why behind it, but you don't want to give them your how. So if you're doing assisted stretching, you don't necessarily want to give them three stretches, but you want to tell them why they have to stretch so that you can build authority around why stretching is a problem and if it is truly helping you or not so that you can then build, you know, your authority in that area, in that niche area. 
Can I actually ask, because I actually have a bit of a different idea about that, which I I almost tell my clients to give away all the information, give them the three stretches. You know, I, you can really find like a ton of the content that I teach just within like my Instagram. Here's the problem with that. For I want to know. Yeah. Cause the problem with that is if your person, your consumer that you're treating. So we have hyper mobile and hypo mobile clients. Okay. Our hyper mobile clients have a nervous, nervous system that is very, very, very sensitive. So let's say that hyper mobile client does these stretches and it initiates pain. They're not coming to your brand, your brand now because they did your stretches and now you're not an authority to them because now they have pain after they did what you told them to do. Mm-hmm. However, and you see it all over with physical therapists and all of that, we're giving this free content out, free content out. You don't see these people coming in that already they tried your exercise and they're like, I did her damn exercises. They didn't do anything for me. You know what I'm saying? And she tells me to stretch and and sit up tall and I'm struggling with sitting up tall. So but if you build and give them, you know, a preframe, shall we say, what Mm -hmm. is going to happen if or when you don't do these things and then let them know, hey, I'm here for you. You know, mm-hmm. and these are the things, you know, we can help with and, you know, then then it also builds a brand around. Oh, I think everybody else is saying this mm-hmm. and I've tried those and it hasn't worked. She's saying something different. So yeah. I see what you're saying. And and you can still probably talk about like things that are more that won't create, you know, like maybe don't share the stretches. But maybe it's like three tips in your day to avoid back pain. Like there you go. Great. That's awesome. Like yeah. things like that that aren't going to um, cause that. But again, it's uh, still giving that value, but not giving it all. But again, helping build that authority with the thought leadership content is so so important. And one thing I wanted to add, just because it's something that I've been talking about a lot, is there's so much power right now in short form video if you're trying to grow your brand. So this is like, how can you create a 30 second or under vertical video that you can post as an Instagram reel, as a TikTok, as a YouTube short, as a Pinterest idea pin? There's just so much mileage right now. There's not all the platforms are really pushing video content. Mm -hmm. Instagram is no longer a photo sharing platform, according to them. Um, you know, YouTube has YouTube shorts. Pinterest has launched idea pins, which is essentially a TikTok or a reel. All of the platforms are pushing towards video content because people want video content. Mm-hmm. It's easier to grow, you know, a relationship. They just want to consume that. So if nothing else, when you're creating, really think about how can I turn this into a short form video? And even one step further is, can I, if you're on TikTok, this is super important. Can I turn this into a story? So storytelling on TikTok is like the key right now. On Reels, I've noticed what does better with short form video are using trending sounds and then adding value over the trending sound or in the caption in the or on the video itself. So definitely think about short form video if you're starting to consider your social media strategy, because the mileage that it'll give you and the ability to repurpose is going to be huge. I agree. I agree. And that's totally where you can put your three tips. You could totally put mm-hmm. three tips right there with all you have to do is, I mean, you see it all over the place. Yes. And that's the thing. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I go back and forth between like hating some of the short form stuff that I see and being like, oh, I don't want to do these silly trends, but you don't always have to do the trends. But I'd recommend that you go through, like take some time scrolling through people's in your niche that you really look up to and respect and you want to kind of emulate and save some of their posts that 
are inspiring to you that you can potentially emulate in the future because he doesn't always have to be the sort of like cheesy pointing dancing which not everyone wants to do including myself so look for there's so many different styles we can go all into that but I'll, I'll leave it there that you could really experiment with with short form video Great. And you have a special for people. So tell us how people can reach out to you because you are the, and you know what I just noticed, I got so excited into branding. I didn't even ask you to tell your story. Oh, well, I can give you guys like a little two minute um, download of that. So basically I studied marketing and business at Cornell. I graduated and I went directly into Google's APMM program, which is their associate product marketing manager, intro marketing program. I did a lot of cool stuff. I launched one of their most popular brand campaigns of all time, the the Google Home Alone campaign, the Google Assistant Home Alone. And I had a, you know, I had a lot of fun there. I did a lot of great work, but eventually I got really burnt out because the nature of my work changed. Had to take a leave of absence. I went, you know, I moved home March of 2020, moved back in with my parents for COVID. (laughs) My anxiety and stress was just at a huge level. And I really wasn't resonating with the work I did. The corporate world just wasn't for me. So I got to a point of such extreme burnout, such bad anxiety and depression that I had to take a leave of absence. My body was just like, we can't do this anymore. During that time, I started building my own personal brand through TikTok, just creating short form video, adding value with whatever knowledge I had around marketing, branding, mindset. I grew an audience of you know over 70,000 followers within you know a few months. And I used that to kind of launch my own marketing coaching company off of so I could quit my job. And now I really just teach other people how to build their personal brands so that they can do the same because I'm all about that nine to five freedom. Now I just could never go back. Hopefully we'll never need to. <laughs> so yeah, that's the gist of it all. <laughs> Good. So tell people how they can reach out to you and connect. So if you want to reach out to me, you can just email me, steph at roadmaptorise.com, Steph with an F. If you want, I have built a personal brand digital product. So you can build and grow your personal brand from the ground up. We get into how to build your brand identity from scratch, how to find your niche, doing all the research, everything we talked about, including social and content is in this product. And what's great is it's completely DIY. So you don't need a coach, but if you want to get it. I can give you guys a 40% off discount. I made it code wellness for your podcast. So check it out. It's called the brand identity blueprint bundle. Use code wellness for 40% off and I'll send you a link. Yeah. Yeah. Send send me the link. Absolutely. That's going to be necessary. And guys, you just want to just type wellness in there for 40% off. Wellness. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. awesome. Well, oh my gosh, we might have to get on another podcast, Stephanie, if you would do that. (laughs) Please let me know. I love, I just love it. So fun. Awesome. Well, we appreciate all the information that you gave us today. And thanks so much again for coming on with us. Thank you for having me, Kim. This was awesome. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. So thanks guys. Hope this was helpful. Make sure you rate and review us just to make sure that I am giving you good content. Let me know any other things that you want to learn so that we can get good people that will help you in your wellness business. Have a great day, everybody. joining us today on the Rehab to Wellness Boss podcast, where you, a rehab professional, can start, build, and grow your very own successful wellness cash practice. If you're ready to level up and become a stretch mobility coach, then head on over to our website, www.thestretchmobilitycoach.com. 
this website will take you through the next steps needed to practice as a stretch mobility coach. Come on over. 